0: New Year, hi everybody. Welcome to another edition, episode number 85 of the Lab Steam Hitting Podcast Mechanical Breakdown Series, Volume 22. I almost forgot because we had a week off last week. We did Carlos Correa two weeks ago, and today we're doing Kyle Schwarber. And by we, I mean myself and professional evaluator, successful business owner, former coach, friend, and co-host, who got everything he needed to get done last week. And he's back, baby, with vengeance. (sighs)
1: <sighs> year, go. New
0: year, new, new year, not new me. Same douchey Jim. Podcast, <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: let's rock and roll, man. This will, this will be uh, a fun topic with, with Schwarber. I think it's kind of some of the stuff as we dug into it surprised both of us, which uh, is always kind of fun. You know, you have these, these thoughts on certain players, but, you know, without the research and facts and, uh, to back it up, right? It's just an opinion, so it'll be kind of cool to go through all this stuff.
0: And just, I'm looking at my phone for those watching on the YouTube side. I just want to confirm it is indeed volume 22. Correa was. Correa was. I'm I'm
1: sure somebody would have really busted us on that one.
0: Correa was volume 21 from uh, a couple of weeks ago. Hey, do you know what? I got to just get this off my chest. I saw something when I woke up this morning. The internet is something, right? I'm on Instagram, just kind of scrolling through. And there's this account that I follow. It's called uh, Hardcore Comedy 2.0 those who don't. I mean, maybe your kids might follow it. And there was a video of a girl and a guy side by side. This disgusted me. And I I lost my appetite for it because I woke up. I'm like, "Ah, good breakfast this morning. And the girl, you're not going to believe this. They were going to do a race who can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich quicker and then eat it quick, as quick as they can. And the winner, I don't know, whatever, but the winner, finishes everything gets the peanut butter and jelly sandwich finished made and eaten well this girl as soon as i don't think they were in the same room but as soon as maybe they were but as soon as it was go the girl spit out the jelly from her mouth onto the bread threw peanut butter on the other piece of bread put them together and then stuffed her face it was the most disgusting thing i've seen in 2022 maybe in 2021 it was disgusting and i, I tell you maybe might have been on tiktok i'll tell you keep your kids off tiktok not just my co-host i'm talking about everybody keep keep your kids off that shit yeah,
1: yeah social media is uh awful
0: forget for hitting twitter forget hitting social media. anyone just keep 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 your kids off everything <laughs>
1: everything good luck with that but you know it's probably the right choice
0: you know i should do that type of challenge i won't put jelly in my mouth i won't she literally for those watching on the youtube side it's i it's it's better this is a visual i she had the jelly and she went she you couldn't tell she had it either it was like when my sister would put like food underneath her tongue when she was a kid because she didn't want to eat it and then she'd spit it out in the toilet later this girl she went and just spit it out it was disgusting it was the most disgusting thing i've seen Really threw off my mornings. I couldn't have breakfast because I was just so gross now. Well,
1: thanks for sharing it with everyone.
0: No problem. I wanted everybody else's breakfast on a Monday morning to be ruined. Mazel tov. Yeah,
1: much appreciated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking Kyle Schwarber here today. Mechanical Breakdown Series Volume 22 as we continue on with our free agents. Baseball is still in lockout, lockdown, lockout. And Kyle Schwarber is a free agent, and he's listed what's interesting to me on Baseball Reference and on Baseball Savant. He's actually listed as a left fielder. Remember, he came up kind of as a catcher, super utility type guy, but he settled into left field. And you and I were talking off air about some of his numbers, and we'll get into and dissect some of those figures that he put up in 2021 and before that, but some of the numbers. And I, I went into this thinking, hey, Kyle Schwarber had one good half that was in second half of 2021. And he was hurt a big chunk of the first half when he was with the nationals. But I looked at some of the numbers, the power numbers, isolated power doubles, and those are some pretty good numbers that he's had in his career. And remember, too, before I let you let you make your point, the Cubs were paying him seven million in 2021, non-tendered him after that season. So it might have been a money issue as well. So there were some some blurred lines and some misconceptions on my part when it came to Kyle
1: Schwarber. Yeah, me too. I mean, he's definitely a defensive liability. He's not a, you know, he's not a defensive guy, but that's not what you're you're paying him for. So I think if you, you know, he finds a spot, uh, you know, we don't really know what the DH is going to be like next year. You know, maybe it'll be league wide, but you know, if he finds a spot in the American league, I think that's a little bit, a little bit easier, but yeah, no, going through his stats, if you go back to 2017, which is, you know, I guess not his rookie season, right. But you know, his first main season, you know, he, he got himself, you know, almost 500 at bats. He hit 30 home runs, you know, the next year, very similar. He got, uh, you know, 500, and a little more 500 and something at bats and he hit 26 home runs. And then the next year at 19, he got 600 at bats and he hit 38 home runs. So those are three really consistent years in a row. And then obviously we went to, you know, uh, you know, the, the COVID season of 2020 and, And he may have fallen off a little bit there, but really not that much. And then boom! Last year, you know, he gets hot and he's pretty consistent again with almost five. He was still hurt, you know. He seems to he seems to get hurt, but he doesn't seem to lose a a full season, you know, because he had what four hundred and seventy at bats last year and and still hit thirty two home runs. I think he hit what twelve home runs in ten days or something crazy like that, right? He got super hot, you know, the second half, but pretty darn consistent. Um, Probably my favorite my favorite trend that you're seeing is his his batting average is really starting to go up each year. Um, and that's kind of what you're seeing. You know, he was a, his first year that I talked about where he hit, he still hit 30 home runs. You know, he hit 211, then he hit 238, 250. COVID was 188, you know, and then last year, you know, he ended up at 266 and you can see that with his mechanical changes through time because he really covers, he made a, he, he, he definitely made an adjustment to get on top of pitches or at least hit high pitches. Mm-hmm. He swung at a lot of high pitches last year. He had a lot of home runs on really high pitches. I remember even in the playoffs last year, he got the pitches at the top of the strike zone. So we'll kind of talk about that, that process when we go through a bunch of his swings, because we have kind of like a highlight reel of, different pitches that he hits but I think he's maturing as a hitter for sure I I think he's got great he's got a great approach I think he's got a great plan I think he has adjustability with his plan maybe not within the swing or maybe within the swing but from a bat to a bat and and what he's trying to do and 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 that more than anything else with with players as as they get older makes them great you know it, it makes them hit pitches that they shouldn't hit, which we'll see. I mean, there's pitches up in his letters that a left-hand hitter, you know, a 98-mile-an-hour fastball up there, a left-hand hitter is not supposed to even come close to. And he's able to ride a couple of those out of the park. So I think he's done a really nice job over the past few years because when he first started, he was a big dumper. You know, barrel dump and lift. And and, and that was kind of the game, right, you know, 2015, 16, 17. And then all of a sudden we started to see pitchers, you know, throw maybe a little bit harder top of the strike zone. And he has adjusted very, very nicely with that change in pitching. And I will say, not every hitter has done that.
0: So, a couple of other numbers I want to bring up max velo- exit velocity. And we don't, we talk about that on this show, but we, at least me, I don't put much stock into exit velocity. We've kind of established there's a certain number that you should hit to play in the big leagues and to be successful. And beyond that, it's, right? I mean, it's sort of, okay. Yeah.
1: If you're hitting, if your max exit is uh 108 uh, versus 118, like who cares, right? You know, yeah. not crucial. If your max velocity is 90, then you're probably not getting at the big league. So, right, you know, once you're there, you're kind of there.
0: Um, Well, that brings up a question too. What about average velocity?
1: Well, that's how many barrels you find too. Right. So that would, you know, that would be a little bit more, you know, if you're if your average, you know, is 10% of your max, Mm -hmm. you know, if your max is say, you know, 100 and 120, well, we'll say 110, right. And then your average is 99, right. That's pretty good. Right. That's 10%. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that means you're finding, you're finding some barrels, you know, and I think that's really important versus, you know, just having the ability to hit the ball really hard, but not, really having the ability to make adjustments to pitches or to have a plan or approach you know to get to those certain pitches you know each game so you know max velocity is cool it's like yeah look at me it's like a back it's like a bench press right look at me I just bench 300 pounds you know I feel good like I'm you know whatever but in all likelihood you know if you're you know in the big leagues then you know you're probably hitting the ball hard enough you know especially if you're an outfielder like that that can hit a home run i just had the college players in texas last week and so you know we make a big deal about it right because we have a couple i have like two high school kids that were there trying to compete with the college kids and they Mm -hmm. do like they want to hit that number but the college players are like "Hmm, great like show mo came in and broke uh the softball record and hit one eighty one something miles an hour, which was mm-hmm. faster than hemphill right and she was like, Oh cool, like she didn't care like, yeah. that, was, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't her, but you know for a high school kid to you know bust up that leaderboard man, it is like you know super exciting for him you know with that max and I think that's that's kind of how you know baseball players are too like they're they want consistency uh in the same breath uh Sawyer. Feller was there. Um, who goes? Who? who goes to Harvard? And he hits oh. at uh, I think it's Cressy's place in Florida. Right. in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And so he hit with oh, now I can't remember the guy's name. He's played with the Marlins. He might still play with. I don't know. You know, he plays at Japan now. Huge guy, left-handed hitter. Kind of reminds me of a big Schwarber, like maybe three inches. Not Justin Bohr. Justin Bour, or Bauer. Oh. yeah. So mm-hmm. it's him. And he swings like a 36 inch bat or something like that, Sawyer was saying. And every ball he hits off the hit tracks is like 115 miles, no, 110 to 115, just in like front off. Mm-hmm. Cause he's a massive human being. And that's what people don't realize how big and strong, like Schwarber is put together, man. That guy is a brick. Like he's like a linebacker. You know, I don't know how tall he is, maybe six foot or. You know, He's you're know, actually, actually I think,
0: right at six foot. So basically what you're saying is max exit velocity or exit velocity mm-hmm. in general should go with, it, there should be more context to it. It should go with how many barrels you, you produce, correct? A ba- yeah, barrel absolutely. percentage you produce, even and though it, you shouldn't it, put too much content, you shouldn't really put too much weight into that statistic.
1: So we would lower it. Like when I was at Mizzou, we played games, you know, when the weather was not great, you know, the first month of the season we were indoors and we had to hit tracks and we had the machine cranked up, you know, if you could, you know, they knew that what pitch was coming is either a fastball or a breaking ball. Right. But if they could hit it 90, you know, we use that as a benchmark. Like you found a barrel. If a college player hits a ball above 90, they probably hit it decent, you know, on a decent trajectory. So we'd allow that meaning They didn't roll over it. They didn't pop it up. So We would let them stand, but we have players that couldn't hit 90, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's some fast little guys that just it doesn't mean that they're worse than anyone else. It's just their role. And yeah, um, yeah, I mean, Max Velocity is really, really cool. We know who has the hardest hit balls every year, right? It's the guys that are built like, you know, Greek gods, Mm -hmm. right, that are chiseled out of stone. Those guys hit the ball harder because they're bigger and stronger and they move the bat faster, but it doesn't mean they're always the best hitters in the league.
0: Right. Right. They should they're they're built well. They should have an OnlyFans account. Um. So for Schwarber, the max exit velocity, the last five years has been in the top five in the league. Uh, Last year is max exit velocity is overall exit velocity in case people care. Ninety two point three is max exit velocity. One sixteen point six. Here's what the statistic, though, that I like. And he has been talked about as a guy who strikes out a lot. But last season, his strikeout percentage twenty seven percent. He was in the top five though in the league. And this is on Baseball Savant. It's red, so I'm assuming uh, that it's. See, they had like a they had that little that little note at the bottom in like one font that says oh top three or top five in the league. <laughs> um, the walk percentage for Schwarber last year between all between two teams. I'm sorry. The red means top one percent in the league. So. OK, I get it now. All right. So his walk percentage, 13.6 last year, that was top six percent of the league. Highest tops in the top mm-hmm. six so he was in the top six in that category. So so yeah. did that was that an approach thing? What 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 can you decipher through that number?
1: Could be could Could definitely be an approach thing. Could be a maturity thing. Yeah, could be, you know, kind of understanding what what players are trying to do. Um, you know, the, the best players in the world can abort swings, you know, they can tunnel a pitch in a certain area. If he's looking up and he's looking for a pitch, you know, maybe he's looking for a fastball because that's his plan for the day or the, at he's looking for something at the felt and, and hard, and somebody throws him a changeup that maybe starts outside of that window kind of down, right. It starts off, you know, lower than what his his tunnel is players that have the ability to just shut down the swing early you know eight feet out of the hand oh that's not they they may not know it's a changeup yet but they know it's in a different tunnel they know Mm -hmm. it's in a different it's going to end up in a different quadrant of the strike zone and they can lay off of it and all of a sudden maybe that pitch is borderline and it's a ball and now the count's one and oh instead of oh and one if he would have chased it so sometimes your plan and your approach can really help you you know, lay off questionable pitches and, and get fooled a little less. I mean, we're still going to get fooled. Pitches are good, and they're trying to tunnel every pitch. You know, out of the out of the you know the same the same uh, ten feet, first ten feet. You know, regardless of what it is, but that's really hard to do with some players. Um, or with some pitchers. I mean, that's that's a hard thing to do is to throw pitches all out of the same you know couple inch window and arm slot. So um, that could be you know what he's looking for or. Um, You know, sometimes players that, that, that walk a lot too, they foul a lot of balls off, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they don't pull. you know, so walking a lot is, you know, that could be good if they're just pitching around you, but sometimes players don't walk a lot because they put a lot of balls in play, you know? And so they, they don't get, they don't get the two strikes all the time. You know, they, they put the ball in play. They see two or three pitches in a bat, whether good or bad, maybe that's good for them. Um, So again, it's, it's like everything else. I mean, walks, that's a good number to see because he's getting on base. Right, it's going to raise his on-base percentage. It's, it's, he does. He has never driven in hundred runs, I don't think. If you look in there, so I thought that was kind of a kind of an interesting um, number. You know, maybe see. I don't know what his numbers are with runners in scoring position. Um, I know he did hit leadoff some last year, so I don't know if that played something into it. But um, that would be interesting to see. You know, maybe he hasn't had the supporting cast, but I think he has. He's had he's had good players around him. Uh, but maybe he is in front of them, right? Maybe maybe they drive him in um, based on the number of runs. So, yeah, I, th- I think every player, you know, I think when they get older, they get wiser. And as they get wiser, they, they should walk a little bit more just because they have a plan and a proper approach. Each and every day they go out on the field. I'm
0: trying. Yeah, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the
1: run. What are you trying to find? This is dead time. Yeah. We just lost listeners right there because no, no, no. It got dead.
0: A, You know what? No, that's 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 actually that rule is proven to be
1: a, a farce. Oh, it is okay. Anyway, um, never never had a hundred RBIs.
0: Well, I'm you know, looking, going through here, I can't I can't find his runners in scoring positions. Bothering me. Yeah. Damn. Trying to back up your point. I do you brought up a fastball in there though. You're ready for this stat? You'll like this one. Last year, highest of his career, his batting average against the fastball. 307. Mm-hmm. Hit the fastball. You hear that a lot from from coaches and, and scouts and in the minor league. You right here, and, me, right? and yeah, you, me. Yeah. Got to hit the fastball. If you can't hit the fastball and you miss the fastball consistently, then you're not going to make it very far.
1: Not in pro ball, yeah. I remember that was the first thing. First thing, our oh, I wish I remember his name. Our roving hitting instructor was in town my first year of pro ball, and and he said uh, something like, "How many of you guys are breaking ball hitters? Like to hit breaking balls?" And I think I was the only one, but I raised my hand because that's all I got in college, right? When you're six five and yeah. two thirty, like you get breaking balls, so I just looked for them all the time, even with two, you know, or even with less than two strikes, I'd like to break the balls and I'd get more hangers, you know, with an O count or a one O count than I would get a good fastball. Right. So mm-hmm. he said, well, son, if you can't hit the fastball, you ain't going to last very long. And I said, I never said I couldn't hit the fastball. I you said, you
0: said, said that back break. to him.
1: <laughs> I did. Yeah. Wow. He just laughed. He says, okay, we'll see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but he was right. That was the big thing. Like you gotta be able to hit hit velocity at, at, at that level. Um, and that's what they say. And quite honestly, you know, in, in, in Major League Baseball, you have, you know, the, my dad used to say this, gosh, all the time when I was growing up the hardest pitches to hit are the hardest pitches to throw. And okay? mm-hmm. so, like, think of a split finger fastball, right? That was really hard to hit. Yeah. Really hard to throw. And that's how I Sliders are, you know, hard to hit and they're kind of hard to throw for strikes. You know, otherwise right. people would just throw it. Well, Adevino does, I guess. But, I mean, some guys just throw slider after slider after slider after slider and they're successful with it, right? So if you can't hit the fastball, the one straight pitch, because you're going to get them right every game, you're going to get a few of them for strikes. If you can't get to them, then you're you're definitely going to be in trouble. Um, But I also think he became a better fastball hitter based on his approach now dating or going back to uh Chris Bryant, right? Who was mm-hmm. his teammate, what did Bryant do? We talked about him trying to get on top of pitches, right? Working a lot of high fastballs in the off season last year, you know, so that he could flatten out his swing a little bit. You know, maybe Schwarber kind of took took note from that, or vice versa, maybe you know Schwarber started it and, and and Bryant, you know, said that's a really good idea. But you could definitely see Schwarber you know, gets really flat or tries to get really fl- flat on high pitches. And I think it really helped him last year, both for fastballs and just, you know, his, like I said, his average was, you know, 15 points higher, 16 points higher or more. And he ran into a lot of barrels. You know, he pulled a lot of home runs. He hit a lot of home runs in the opposite field. That usually means your swing in a in a good spot. You know, a lot of times guys will hit a lot of home runs in the opposite field because they're big and strong, and he's big and strong. But they hook a lot of balls to the pull side. Mm-hmm. because they're you know dropping their barrel to hit a ball out the other way and he really doesn't have those moves as, as much as most players so um, talent, pretty talented swing actually I, I like it uh, and I like him I mean I'm, I'm not I'll shut up after this but that whole deal when he was with the Red Sox and they put him at first base and he hadn't played first base and lord knows how long Mm. and there was a ball ground ball to him and he you know stopped it and he went to underhand it to the first uh, to the pitcher covering first base and he sailed it over his head by like eight feet i mean he made a fool out of himself right that's really really embarrassing and then and you can tell like oh my god i can't believe i just did that total nerves right the toss was only about 10 feet and then he got another ground ball right where you know, he's roaming yeah. over like a monkey hump on a football trying to, <laughs> to catch yeah. it, and then throws it, you know, to does the same kind of play. Right. Feeds the pitcher and then puts his arms in the air like they just won the World Series. Like to have a guy with that kind of like attitude and personality on a team, that's got to be great for a clubhouse. It's got to be great for the team and the people around him, um, because that was a big stage. I mean, this was in this was in the playoffs, you know, and for him to just kind of relax and and just be like, okay, I look like a fool, but you know what? I got another shot. And that's, that's what baseball is all about. Right. That's, yes. that's what, you know, every pitch, you know, staying in the moment. Not he wasn't dwelling on that. Oh my gosh. I hope they don't hit another one. I hope I don't make another error. Like he wasn't doing that. He was just in the moment, you know, looking, you know, looking for that next ground ball to redeem himself. He got it. He did it. And then boom, monkey was off the bat. So. Yeah. Um, it's like know, in money ball. It's
0: like in money ball. When, when the, the, the big, heavyset guy tripped going around first base when he hit a home run towards the end of the movie. And and Billy Bean says, how can you not be romantic about baseball?
1: <laughs>
0: right? I mean, yeah. Could,
1: uh,
0: be sure to uh, – um, well, you guys probably already liked and subscribed at this point, right? So yeah, – I don't have to remind you of that. Tell your friends, yes, and tell your friends about our YouTube page, Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast, and follow us on social media at Jim Tara at Epstein Hitting on both Twitter and Instagram. Email us your questions, jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com. Scott emailed us uh, earlier in the week, but JJ came in last second. His first email of 2022, and, and the email was right on point with who we're talking about today. So Scott from Newark, New Jersey. If you're listening, I hope you are. I would assume you would be because you want our, your question to be answered by us. Uh, we will get to your question. Pr- I promise. And it's a great one. We'll get to it next week.
1: Hang in there. It we is do. a good one. We talked about it.
0: Yeah. We have to get to JJ's question because it yeah. relates to Unfortunately, Kyle Unfortunately,
1: JJ, you know, looked at the top. He knew who we were talking about
0: today. Right, 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 right. He didn't did get thrown did off it. by our uh, off week last week.
1: That's right.
0: All right, so JJ, this comes to us from JJ via Jimbo Podcast21 at gmail.com. Jim and Jake. Hope I made the cutoff for Monday's podcast. Kyle Schwarber is a high ball hitter because he doesn't get into his legs enough. Would that be correct? Short, sweet, right to the point. That's from JJ. Ooh,
1: another another one
0: via uh um, I
1: don't know if I would say he doesn't get into his legs enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was a low ball hitter. I think he's made the adjustment the past year to be. A really good high ball hitter, uh-huh. um, just based on his approach, yeah. and I think that's why his contact rate's coming up a little bit. Um, yeah, I think to hit a pitch up, you're gonna stand up a little bit more, and mm-hmm. to hit a pitch down, you know, you're gonna have to sink into your legs to get it. You know, Soto, right, is yeah. gets really, really low, and that allows him to control his vertical bat angle a little bit more on on uh, low pitches because he gets so low with his body he doesn't have to drop his barrel below his hands quite as much which will help with his backspin um you know schwarber is you know a little bit more upright for Mm -hmm. sure um that definitely helps him get to high pitches um does it help him does it hurt him on low pitches you know maybe a little bit but he's not a super tall guy you know when you get really tall that's where the you really have to get into your legs you really got to get down there to get to low pitches otherwise you got to use your arms quite a bit so um or or your barrel quite a bit you know think of somebody like judge right who's right. he gets into his legs but he's not like a really wide low guy like a soto or a, a Pooh, uh somebody like that or max muncie somebody that's really wide and low yeah so he drops <laughs> yeah. his barrel more typically you know in order to get to that so yeah, I mean, I think Schwarber handles the high pitch about as good as any left-handed hitter that I've seen, left-handed power hitter that I've seen. Is he a right-handed thrower? He's a right-handed thrower too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if that helps him because we talk about, you know, um, Seeger, Kyle Seeger, or um, Corey, Corey Seeger. Yeah, right. Kyle just retired. Corey yeah. Seeger, you know, is a, is a decent high ball hitter. You know, he's a right-handed thrower. He uses that lead arm more. And that really helps. I just had uh, Marcus Brown, who's an infielder at Oklahoma State, and he got pretty good time last year. He's, he's a, um, he was a sophomore this year, really good player. I think he may have been MVP of his summer league this year. I think he played in the App- Appalachian Summer League or whatever. Anyway, just a solid player. I've known him for a really long time. He was an online academy guy from Arkansas, you know, dating back to like 2015 or something, 16. So, um, you know he plays for a wonderful staff, right? He plays for Robin Ventura. He plays for Josh Holliday. He plays with for Matt wow. Holiday. Yeah. Um, I know, forgot Robin Ventura
0: a, was over there.
1: Yeah, they mm-hmm. have a like incredible experience. And Ventura was a left-handed hitter. That was a right-handed throw, and he's really helped him out. Um, yeah. you know, flatten off And so Marcus really uses his lead arm well, and his barrel stays up. He's not a big guy. He's a hundred. Yeah, you know, he's a shortstop, second base. And he's one hundred and eighty-five pounds, yeah. and you know he controls his barrel to hit high pitches so well. And I do think it's much easier for bottom-hand dominant players to hit high pitches um, because the more you pull with that lead arm, the more you use your lead arm, typically the longer the barrel stays up. If you just turn and keep your top um, keep your top hand back there and you don't use your lead arm to pull forward, um, a lot of times you'll lose the barrel a little bit early. So I think Schwarber definitely has some of that. And he's strong. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So he's strong, he's bottom hand dominant. Typically you'll be able to control the barrel pretty well.
0: So are you touting then if you're right-handed that you should become a left-handed batter?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, no, cause I think that it does probably limit your, not all for all people, but it's mm-hmm. um, you know, you won't have as much power because your dominant side is your, is your front side. Yeah. Um, you have to be somewhat ambidextrous and, and be able to use your non-dominant side, you know, mm-hmm. use your top hand, your left hand, but if, it's just kind of a different move. Um, if you're big and strong, I think it's definitely an advantage. But some people can do it and some people can't. So, right. you know, you, you can't just make somebody hit left-handed. Like, you can try it. Yeah. Um, you know, young, I, I did that with my daughter. I, we, we started playing golf and she was like four or five just for fun because we could hit these little foam balls out in front of the house. Mm-hmm. And she kind of learned how to swing um, left-handed you know she was she's like i think i'm living. I'm like oh okay like she wasn't very good at it but you know she did it <laughs> and then when she started to play softball all of a sudden she started to do it left-handed and then i'm like you know what i think you should play golf right-handed and then she started to swing right-handed golf so now she she can't really hit a softball right-handed very well okay right. she she plays left hand. she's more comfortable because that's how we started so i always tell players when you got young kids just let them do what they want to do you know let mm-hmm. them swing from both sides and, and you'll you'll figure it out you know it might take you till they're eight you know or so but let them figure it out you'll find the stronger side
0: let me ask you this before we get to the shorber um swing breakdown um trying to get my laptop back up here and going um let me ask you this about Schwarber: what kind of hitter is he and i know on on the surface He's on paper hitter, Jim. on the surface on you know what I'm done. This show's over. Goodbye. I talk to you next week.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone.
0: Um, on the surface, his numbers say he's a power hitter. Yeah. But I wonder with his walk percentage last year, if that would taper off that argument a bit. If he's maybe not, I'm not saying he's a contact hitter. I'm not ready to say he's a gap to gap hitter. But I'm also not 100% certain, about 75, 76, 78% certain, 75 and go fuck itself. I'm about 78% certain that he is, uh, I hope there's no kids in your room, by the way, I'm dropping out.
1: No, but maybe listening.
0: That's okay. Um, you know what? They're exposed to enough on TikTok anyway, it's either oh, this God or TikTok. Is he? I'm 78% certain he's a power hitter, but I'm not so sure with some of the numbers and where they're trending.
1: I would categorize him a power hitter because at any moment he could hit a ball over the fence. Yeah. You know, like, and he could hit a double. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to hit the ball hard. Um, I think you're right. I, I think he hits balls to left field and he hits balls to right field. So I think he's can kind of go line to line just about. You know, definitely left field to the right field line with power. That's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, with the walk, you know, but a lot of power hitters walk too, right? Like Dave That's Ruth true. walked a lot, and Reggie Jackson. I think Aaron Judge. Lot, right? Aaron Judge walks, Judge a, walks lot. a lot. So it would, you know, I would. I typically do it by, I categorize players. With right or wrong like this, just me the way i do it is is their kind of their launch angle you know their swing plane and their launch angle tendencies you know and their miss is their miss lower or is their miss higher you know does their swing barrel drop a little bit deeper in the zone they're going to get to the and they don't flip their wrist they're going to get to the bottom of the ball i would say they're going to be more of a power hitter so i wouldn't say he's a pure power hitter he's not a 40 to 50 home run guy you know, he, he's not that. You know, he's not Alonzo. You know, right. right now, but he's definitely in that mold.
0: Where do you bat him in the order? I know it depends on the order, and there's not enough context. Yeah, there, but where would you on bat him the
1: order? I, you know, I might bat him second or fifth.
0: Okay, why second?
1: I don't know. I just he's left-handed. I, I think he can he can do a lot. Like he's going to hit the ball hard. You know, he's going to hit doubles. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he can use the whole field, I think it's yep. beneficial for the shifts mm-hmm. um, in that position, but you know, I'm not the one making out the lineups. I'm sure there's a lot of analytical people that have the right answer for that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Based on numbers and whatnot. Said that I'm not with... saying that's bad. I'm not okay. saying like said that, that with a scout. I, re- I don't have enough research to make out the lineup cards.
0: <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, I agree with you by the way if it, if that's any consolation <laughs> I know it's probably no consolation whatsoever but all right, let's get to uh, let's get to Kyle Schwarber's uh, swing here. We're doing something a little bit different today. For those watching on the YouTube side, uh, listening as well, we we're we kind of put together or EPP did uh, put together a highlight package of Kyle Schwarber. About three and a half minutes of different types of pitches and what EPP is going to do. Instead of just breaking the swing down, he's going to uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, you're going to break down. Okay. Okay, let me. No, right. I'm just
1: kidding. I just wanted to say that. I, just I,
0: know, right. I know, I know, I know,
1: I know. You're exactly right. That's what we're going to
0: do. Oh, so I'm right. Well, if I, I can't be right and wrong. So I'm either right.
1: <laughs> You're right about this, Jim. All right. Yeah.
0: Um. So that's what we're doing today, pretty much. I hope it was deciphered and explained well. Uh, and the pitches are in different zones. So we're going to see different swings in different zones. It's a great idea. I'm really excited for it. So Let's get rolling.
1: Let's rock and roll. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a, a kind of a cool, cool way to look at Schwarber and, and, and how he gets to different pitches. So as I, I play this video through, we'll kind of play it full speed and then we'll play it, um, you know, in slow motion as well. But, you know, we look at this first pitch, right. It was 85 miles an hour on the outer part of the plate, sinking away from him. I'm going to go back a little bit to look at that swing. Okay. But, you know, he stays on this pitch. You know, and is he diving a little bit? If we look at his front foot here again, Jim, I'm at like the one, you know, I'm, I'm on the first one 0.94 seconds in, and you can see his front foot is actually closer to the white line than his back foot. Okay. So if we look right in here, so he's looking away, he's definitely cheating away. Look how closed he is at toe touch. Look at his front hip is really closed. Mm-hmm. His yeah. front shoulder is really closed. His hands are back. And then as he gets to this pitch that's tailing away from him, um, you know, pretty good vertical bat angle. Like I would say it's probably in the 20s. I mean, I I don't I don't really know how the best way. I don't know if there is a, a proper way with this program to do it, but. Let's see if I go here with his hands and I go, you know, maybe 90 degrees there. So he's at 64. That's like 26 degrees. I mean, that's just perfect. Right at the thighs. He's in the 20s. You know, he's going to be able to hit this ball to the opposite field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's also not going to slice it too much. Um, What I like about it is after contact, his barrel is pretty much on that same line. Okay. So, you know, some of this is strength. But if I draw that line there and he finishes, look how his barrel's still almost on that same exact place. Okay. That's how you stay through balls. That's how we make sure we don't slice them or pop them up much to the opposite field. Um, But anyway, a really good. So if we play this full motion again, okay, we'll go through, we'll see it's at the left center. Definitely had backspin it stayed in the air for a long time. Okay. So we'll go through here. There's a little slow motion shot of it. Again, we saw it. So then we look at the next pitch. So Jim, we're about at the 15 second mark now.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm right there.
1: Okay, and we got a we have a high pitch here. Okay, so let's see what his stride looks like. Let's see if he's cheating on this. I don't know if this is the same day. It might be. The fans look different, but he's still playing the Mets. So here's toe touch. He's a little more square here. He didn't close off as much with his stride. You can see his front hips start to open, but look at where this pitch is. This is not a strike. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, JJ talked about this. Is he a high hitter because a high ball hitter because he doesn't, you know, get really crouched? I don't know, I think he's a high ball hitter because he looks for it. And then you look at this bat vertical angle. I mean, that's probably like 10 degree. I mean, you know how, how difficult it is to be at 10 degrees. Like that's unbelievable. It's the only way to hit that pitch. And then as he hits it, right, he pulls that thing to right center field, okay? And what's cool about this is you don't see his barrel get too far below the ball back here. So if we look kind of back in here, if we go a frame early, You can see his barrel is like right at the catcher's mitt. And then when he releases the barrel, you know, it's definitely coming up, which, which is fine. He's not swinging down to stay on top of this ball, but he's definitely not dropping his barrel. He's controlling his barrel really, really well as he hits this. So um, does this one give us a velocity? 94. Okay. So he hit 85. It was a change up the opposite way. He stayed on. Then he gets 94 up here. Let's just, think to ourselves maybe this was the same game and he hits a change up middle away as a hitter are you going to look for another change up okay probably not they're probably going to go 180 degrees from that and go with a fastball up well here's the guy that may have had the right approach hey he jumps all over it and absolutely smokes this thing i think it's it was the, right the same I mean, game who, by the
0: way um just, what's that? Just, i think it was the same game by the way yeah, i mean just to add to your point
1: yeah that's not even a strike like who swings at that pitch a guy that's looking up there Mm-hmm. A guy that maybe has the the wherewithal to know that I'm going to look up here, you know, I'm going to, and, and I'm going to stay in that tunnel. Right. So let's go to now we're at like the 29 second mark, Jim. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They're still playing the Mets. Now he's getting a huge, you know, sinking fastball running. I should say running fastball. I think it, I don't think it's a change up. Let's see if I can, if they give us the, so 92, away it's on the outer it's like ball six on the outside part of the plate i mean is he cheating that way look at his stride now his stride foot his toes are a little bit closer to the he's not square he he dived in a little bit okay front shoulders down i mean he's got to really extend out the other way you can see he's definitely in his legs here more look at his front thigh, right he's got more flexion in his legs to get down to this pitch. is he trying to do that i don't know but he did it and then look at his extension point, you know, after contact, he s- extends through this ball to left center field. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you look at his power V it's like right back towards the shortstop. Okay. To the left side of the infield there. That's how you stay on pitches running away. Okay. Was he cheating out there? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he's that good, but he definitely had a plan as he went And there's a that. good, there's so, a good
0: side view replay of that swing too.
1: OK, so we'll go here. So we've seen a, a change up high on the outer part of the plate. We saw 94 at the letters. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, 94, at the letters out of the strike zone that he was able to hit out of the park. And then we see a, a 94 mile an hour tailing fastball middle away that he's able to hit through to the opposite field. So if you look at that power V position, it's really well. And yeah, you know, going back to JJ, he's not a big lower half guy. Okay. He isn't. Not everybody has to be a big lower half guy. When you're strong, you don't have to be a big lower half guy. (laughs) You you have to find barrels, you know, and he's, it's not that his lower half isn't working right, but it's, you know, he's not maximizing not on that swing low and away. Okay. Okay. So then we go, now we got another one here. Hold on. I went too far. Now I'm at the four. (laughs) This is so great. Now he destroyed the mess. Good Lord. So now we're at the 45, almost 46 second mark here. Another high fastball. I think this is the same pitcher. Okay. This is 94 again above the zone. And he's able to stay on top of this one again, or he's able to get to it. I wouldn't say he's necessarily staying on top of it and chopping down on it. But I mean, and then look at his vertical bat angle, right? It's just tremendous. His barrel does his barrel, it gets slightly below the ball, maybe right before contact, which is what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But again, he's making adjustments. Where's his stride foot on this? So this one's closed off a little bit more, okay? He may have been looking away, may have been focusing away, but then he clears his hips just fine. He has no problem clearing his hips and gets to that pitch up. So I'm going to let this thing run through. You know, that was just an absolute bullet to right field. So I just love the fact that he's getting to all of these pitches. I'm just letting it run now, Jim. I'm at like the 60-second mark, okay? Fast, slow, in, out. Here's, here's the Mets again. <laughs> yeah. I think the this Mets one, should sign him.
0: This one was 97 down the middle, by the way. The swing worked. This, this swing at the one minute mark.
1: Okay, I lost the one minute mark already. Uh, yeah, I think this is the day
0: he hit three home runs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this pitch, somewhat away, right? Not that far. Away. I mean, that's center cut, right? 97 yeah. center cut. Guess who didn't miss it? the guy that's hot, okay? Why are you throwing a guy that's hot, you know? Why are you throwing a guy that's hot that many fastballs, right? Or that many, I shouldn't even say fastballs, that many strikes, okay? And then he absolutely smokes this. So probably my, again, one of my favorite moves that he has, if I zoom in here at the 62-second mark, Jim, at point of contact, you know, his barrel – is on a, an angle like this, maybe, you know, 30-something 30 degree, 30 degrees. And then right after contact, it's on a very, very similar angle there, okay? I mean, it's flipped up a little bit. But he's, as he extends, he keeps that barrel really flat through the bottom half of the ball, okay? A lot of players will get here at, at contact. And then in the next frame, like if you're looking at your own players, this is a good thing to look at, then right after contact, their barrel would be up here like this. Okay, so their vertical bat angle would go from say maybe negative thirty-five, and then right after contact it would go to negative twenty because they're flipping over, and that's a really bad move. Okay, that's usually a correction move that will lead to a lot of pull side, you know, topspin. Okay, and it'll lead a lot, a lot to you know, weak fly balls the other way. So, again, going through here, I'm just going to let this play out. Otherwise, this he's got know, really good bat quickness
0: like... and bat speed, by the way. He's so quick. Right. And like, I, I don't I, know another quick thing I missed got... on him.
1: Yeah, does he have short arms? You know, is he got a long torso, short arms, short like? But he looks so compact, mm-hmm. like he can wait forever, and then at the last second he can still rotate through and extend through. I mean, these balls that he just peppers the left field—it's almost like the parks aren't big enough for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a hanging curveball. We're at the 93 second mark. You know, a hanging breaking pitch. So he's covering everything. This is what I love. Here's another breaking pitch, 80 miles an hour. He pulls. He's still on plane with. So the fact that he hits fast and slow, he's hitting up and down. He's getting to in and out. To me, he's anticipating correctly. To me, he has a really good plan. And to me, most importantly, he's sticking to his plan. Okay, so there's 95 there. You know, he's just getting to, and I'm at the two-minute mark, 125. And and, and and to me, that's, that's a hitter. That's not a one-dimensional hitter. Now, he's not always going to be locked in like he was in the second half of the season this year. But for him to have the ability to trust what he feels he's going to get mm-hmm. and then to execute it, not to miss it, to me, that's the sign of a good hitter. That's somebody that doesn't have to have the greatest vision. He doesn't have to have the greatest talent, which we see, right? Like, he has good talent, but he's not a, He's not a freakishly athletic outfielder, right. Or a shortstop, you know, he's a hitter. That's what he is. And I remember my dad saying, you know, the only reason I was able to compete at the major league level, because he couldn't see, you know, my, here's another pitch up, right. He gets to, but my dad had like pretty much the worst vision of any major league player. Dr. Bill Harrison told him that after testing, you know, tens of thousands of minor leaguers, major league players over, you know, like 30 years. He told my dad, he's like, I don't think I've seen anybody with vision as, as bad as you. Yeah. But my dad would have been nothing if it wasn't for Ted Williams teaching him the mental side of hitting and how to anticipate pitches and use your previous at-bat and what's a, what a pitcher's trying to do. That part of it, I think Schwarber is gaining, and I think it's going to get better and better as he continues to to age. And I think that's why he's doing so well right now. I think that's why he's in a very good spot. So just recapping these videos, this last one we looked at, you know, I'm just going to rewind that. I'm at like the the 200 second mark. Sorry, I don't know where that is. But guess what? I think they're playing the Mets again. They are. <laughs> and he hits a breaking ball to right center field. He doesn't top it. He hits an 83 mile an hour breaking ball to the pull side with some elevation. And it just tells me that he has the ability to get to pitches all over the strike zone with different speeds. And to me that's a sign of a really good hitter. Yeah, you know, that's the sign of, you know, we've talked about Stanton before sometimes, right, and how great he is. Um, but sometimes, like, those sliders really get him. You know, he, he, he doesn't have the ability to either, you know, trust that slider or, or just sit on that slider as long as possible, um, you know, where it's, it's like he sees it and it's fastball, you know, and then he can't make that adjustment. I feel like Schwar- Schwarber, you know, at least what he's demonstrated here in this highlight video – he can decipher those like he, he doesn't um, he doesn't stray when he, he has less than two strikes. He sticks to his plan until he gets his pitch and he's going to be, he's going to go into really hot streaks when that happens, but um, he's also not going to go into huge, huge slumps. I don't think.
0: All right. So that wraps up our uh, mechanical breakdown series, a little bit of a different twist on it this week, seeing a bunch of swings from Kyle Schwarber. You know what I like to which I, I now notice the finish fundamentally is the same, but the f- overall finish of the swing seems to always be different. You ever notice that? Like the one ball he hit against the Mets, the, the fastball up and in where he hit it like 500 feet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, the swing. the
1: Like he was cut ju- it off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like Utley. Like yeah.
1: A little Utley too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh. But then on, on the home runs that he hit to the opposite field, i'm just looking at the the lower half they the lower half wasn't the same it was a little yeah, bit more, it, it was different it was i don't know i, I guess i don't want to say me he looks like
1: uh to, to me he looks like a hitter he looks yeah. like kind of an old school guy that that hits you know that hits yeah. it, oh i'm gonna hit it the other way he's not like oh i have to let it travel i have to make sure this is here and that's here he just like hey let's work on balls the other way and then he just finds barrels and hits them the other way you know almost like a almost like bubble watson you know Mm -hmm. as a golfer right self-taught just i'm gonna make the ball do this i'm gonna make the ball do this and i'm gonna hit it like this and then his body conforms to that yeah i kind of feel that's how how Schwarber is like he's not a a big mechanically um like he, he doesn't get in his own head mechanically where he might just be like, I'm going to stay on top of this or I'm going to try to get underneath this or I'm going to hit this the other way. Not, okay, in order to hit the ball the other way, I need to get my knob here. And, and, and sometimes that happens, right? Like we, you know, especially somebody like me who's seen so many swings and has so much experience on making players do something, Hey, we want to get on top of this pitch. Here's the process to get on top of this pitch. You have to do this with this hand and this with this hand and blah, blah, blah. And then sometimes that can create confusion. And so a good instructor has to figure out, does that player want to know why and how, or does he just want to do it? Okay, yeah. let's get on top of this pitch. What are you going to do? Swing down more on this pitch. Okay. Not, hey, pull the knob down more to swing down more, you know, to keep the barrel up more to swing. Just swing down more. And so every player, you have to find their process. You know, what what works for them? What's the thought process for them? Some people want more information. And some people don't want any information. They just want to see the ball go and they want to see the result and say, okay, that's the feel. Maybe you show them on video. Don't really talk about mechanics, but hey, this is what your body did on that pitch. Oh, okay. Well, to me, it felt like I was more upright or I was more down. Okay. Now we can kind of use that. Let's write that down in our, in our journal and you know, on, on what you're feeling, right? Because everybody feels something different depending on what they're working on. That's All right. what makes it unique.
0: Final final question of the show. Schwab, predict for me Schwarber's next contract. How old is he? Mets should just sign him, like you said. Though he killed the
1: Mets. Uh, the Mets should totally just sign him. Right? He is. Uh, he belongs. He belongs in. Or he just needs to stay in the NL East. Yeah. Maybe either one of those.
0: He's twenty. I don't. What's that? Twenty-eight years old.
1: He's only twenty-eight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I might give him six years, 150. Wow. That's Would very- you rather
0: sign him or Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant. Oh, okay. All right. But he's like your backup plan.
1: Yeah, I'd rather sign Chris Bryant because he's a... He's a better defensively, right? Well, yeah, he's, he's better. De- he's more flexibility on defense. So he play third base, right? Not just mm-hmm. first as, yeah. he get, as he ages. But, yeah, I think Schwarber might get in that 20... To, $25 million range mm. four years four to six
0: yeah I don't know not bad for a guy wrong. not bad for a guy who signed for just a one year deal last off-season.
1: kind of like your boy Simeon
0: I know I know I was right about it. would that.
1: you rather have Simeon or uh, Simeon does he have the track record though who Simeon Yeah, I don't remember.
0: He's a better athlete. Simeon
1: had a great year last year.
0: I'm not saying I don't want Schwarber, but I'm saying I'd rather have Simeon.
1: Yeah.
0: They're two different players,
1: though. Totally different players. Simeon's not a power power guy, guy despite his home runs. Yeah, in the DH role, too. Like If you can get him to a spot where he can play left, but then he can also DH, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a win-win.
0: Simeon can play play four different positions if I I need him to. Third, short, second, maybe even left field. Schwarber can play one position and DH. Yeah. So they're two different players to me. Yeah, agreed.
1: Yeah, it's going to be who's who's got money to spend, Yeah, you know, for a little bit more offense.
0: All right, well, next week, that wraps up our Mechanical Breakdown series of uh, Kyle Schwarber, volume 22. Mm -hmm. Next week, volume 23, Chris Taylor is already signed with the Dodgers re-signed with the Dodgers so he's gone off the board but he was a free agent we're going to break down his swing next week now would you rather have Schwarber or Taylor those are two different players too
1: yeah that one might come down to money
0: yeah (laughs) that's right that's right so Chris Taylor next week and then Nick Castellanos um for right that'll be a good one
1: that'll be I haven't really looked at a a lot of Castellanos yeah that'll be cool for me too off
0: seasons flying by we still don't have a new cba so who knows hopefully we have a spring training i don't know will we who knows it's like <laughs> it's like the old batman um previews next episode find out next time next week on the lab That's hitting podcast so that's next week. Uh, Chris Taylor, any questions, email us jimbopodcast21 at gmail.com. Great job today. Do you have anything else before we, oh, you, you do, you do. You have the lab. What's going on there? What's going on with um, the Epstein online hitting Academy?
1: Oh man, the lab's ramping up. It's uh this is go time in Texas, baby, getting ready for the spring season. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that place is pumping as it normally does down there with great players and 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 committed players and then the online stuff obviously I I have a lot of work to do today a lot of those players sent in videos here over the last week so I promise I'll get to you I know I've been traveling and was in Texas so I'm, I'm a couple days behind but I'll get to those yeah the online academy make sure you're sharp that's the I'm telling you that is the best investment you can make because you get eyes on not only your practice time and what you need to focus on with your practice time and drills, but most importantly, when the season starts rolling around, we can talk through at bats and we can talk through approach and we can make sure your timing is correct. That's most importantly, once the old March rolls around, make sure we're getting going on time and getting our foot down on time so that we're not cheating our swing. So, yes, yeah. feel free to visit us at EpsteinOnlineAcademy.com. All righty. Plug done.
0: Plug done. Everything else good? Good to go. Sign off this week.
1: Yeah, everything's good. All right. Everything's good. Back's a little next? sore from the, the travel delays, though, on the airplane. Oh, uh, we got to do Once some the st- back's better, I'll be good to go.
0: Do some stretching. I can show you some stretching.
1: A lot of stretching, yeah. Help you out with Could that. Some,
0: some mobility work. All right. Thank you for listening, watching everybody on the YouTube side. Be sure to subscribe. Tell your friends. We do appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week.